Welcome back to Following Nodon, a Stormlight podcast. This week is episode 149, and we are continuing our venture into the Way of Kings epigraphs, specifically the Death Rattles. Uh, we are going to be finishing the part four epigraphs today. We stopped about halfway through um, in our part one, so if you want to hear those ones, go back to last week's, but here is this week's. Uh, Paul, how are you? So great. Uh, random thing that, that I just need to get off my chest right quick. I I uh, I don't know if any... Most of you listening probably don't realize or see at all. But I, I'm, I'm living in a new house right now. And I have had no idea what to do with lighting for where my desk is set up. In a small bedroom, you know. And... I feel like I finally got it a little bit better. It's like softer lighting, but still light in front of me instead of like a light bulb behind me. And so it's just been a big mess, but I feel like I've gotten something I'm kind of happy with. Um, it, this doesn't matter at all for, for, for you listening in the slightest, but it's just uh, something that I've been thinking about. So I, I, I just wanted to share. But so you feel good about it now, so exactly. It, yeah. it, it feels it feels nice. Um, the setup is kind of jank. I have this light that's like on a little tripod, and um, I've kind of just literally set that tripod over the top of my monitor, balancing. so it's just balancing there. So I will try not to touch my monitor, and also, it's like the weight of it has my monitor like tilted a little bit, which is <laughs> actually. The obnoxious part and i will take it off right after we're done recording but it's kind of but, funny. but just to be clear you're yeah. happy with it yes i think it looks much better i'm very pleased elliot how are you not nearly as complicated as that i'm uh i'm ready to jump into some stormlight get my my mind melted by some uh epigraphs that i had completely forgotten existed indeed so last week we ended off with an epigraph that at first we read it and we're like, okay, that's pretty depressing. And then we kind of looked at it for 10 minutes, 12 minutes, and just kept going, oh, what if it was this character? Oh, what if it was that character? And just kept going and going. And I feel like we are going to have more of that, more of the same this week. We're going to... We're going to kick off with quite the uh, quite the epigraph today. Either of you want to read it. Um, before we do, sh should we bring up any of those former highlights or maybe lowlights of the really sad ones, or should we just hop straight in? I I think we can just go ahead. The chapter. Yeah. If you need to reference something from last week, go ahead. But I'm just still emotionally hurt about chapter 55. That's all I will say. I, it's still, I literally feel pain for it, the epigraph there and the theories we thought about for it. Anyways, I would love to start us off. Um, if you're Go right, for it. I believe we left off at chapter 57, which is the Wander Sale. Yes. Maybe I shouldn't have volunteered because it is extremely graphic and sad. So that's a warning now as a listener. I hold the suckling child in my hands, a knife at his throat, and know that all who live wish me to let the blade slip, spill its blood upon the ground, over my hands, and with it gain us further breath to draw. Well, any predictions, guys? <laughs> what? <laughs> Discussion? I have, I have, I have two thoughts, but go, Elliot, you can go first. Uh, might need your thoughts to, to spin off of, because... I want to go certain directions, but then other bits of this are are kind of wrecking that. So what what do you have? So there's two problems with this one. Obviously, we've not seen it, right? Like, I don't think that's that's a question if we've seen it or not. Um, if, if you want to dispute that, feel free. But I'm going to proceed with that premise that we've not seen it. If we have not seen it, you have to take this either literally or figuratively. Specifically, the suckling child. The suckling child is either a literal infant, less than a year old, or an innocent person. That there are two ways you can interpret that. If it is the, a suckling child, that, that, it, that is innocence incarnate, right? 
there's going to be some person that needs to sacrifice an innocent thing, an innocent person, whether that be a literal infant or someone who is innocent. Um, maybe not less than a year old. So there's, and with that being said, if you go literal, I don't know if we have a suckling child other than Oraden, who is three at this point, right? That's the only Maybe. child we have, right? I'm I'm under the assumption that if this were the case, if this was something that we were going to see, and the and it is literal, like an a literal child, then it's either something that has happened in the past that will come up, or this is something that we just we don't even know who it is. Like it's some child that's random child A, to us. right? Yeah, maybe not even random. I don't know who uh, it could be, but you know. In my head, it's almost like a flashback kind of thing, but but I don't know what kind of significance you'd have with that. I really don't know how that would work, literally. I'll be honest. I can tackle that maybe a little bit by really zooming in on a few of the words in these two sentences. The second sentence says, spill its blood upon the ground, referencing to the child as it. Mm -hmm. which I think gives us another two options in addition to your two options, which is either it's literal, it, it is a suckling child in that I think some people do refer to children that small as an it. It, it hasn't necessarily developed like a personality yet. The sentence also says a knife at his throat earlier but the the it to me suggests a literal child. If you if this was just a an innocent person, you'd probably say him instead of it. Right. Unless option two would be if this is a being of such higher power than say a human that it might refer to a human as it. If we're talking about you know an an odium or something like that, referring to a, a Kaladin as it or something of that nature. But I think right. that leans me towards a literal child. Okay. I just thought about something, though. So we do get a his throat. Yes. Right? Yep. Like, like a, his, a his pronoun there. Yep. And so thinking about a suckling child as like a self, like a, a innocent kind of helpless person, right? Could this be Hoyd? post like memory wipe this is also like like and someone is you know killing let's say totium totium is gonna kill hoid a lot of people don't like hoid um so but he's also like very powerful hold on who is who i lost you lost me Okay, okay. I'm saying that Hoyd is the suckling child or like the innocent person that like post okay. memory wipe. Okay. Uh because I I don't know what Hoyd will look like whenever we get there. Sure. No idea. So so it's it's really this is really like headcanon ridiculous theory. But but another thing which made me think of that is this is from the Wandersale chapter also. So just like, I mean, that's just like a mild dot to connect, which is not that uh, important. But I, I don't know what, there'd be a lot of steps that would have to go to get there, but I'm just trying to think of, I, I don't know. That That's just a really ridiculous theory that I that I thought of. Um, okay, just, I, just to reel us back in here for a second. Show of hands... Do you think this is a literal child or not? Yes or no? I I am yes. I agree. I, I'm I'm under the assumption that this is not a literal child. It if, is... if it's something that we will actually see. If it's random death rattle, then it probably is a literal child. Okay. The the second part of this that I that I'm getting stuck on is the last clause that the somehow the death of this child and with it gain us further breath to draw 
the implication there seems to be if I kill this child, we all get to live longer. I'm Surely trying to think of a scenario. Ch child, child champion for Odium. That's fairly pretty self-explanatory, right? I guess that's, that's the only that's the only situation I can think of where that would be the case, unless it's some that where Tyrvangian deliberately picks someone he knows Dalinar will not kill. Yeah, yeah. Or, or unless we're getting into some weird time jumping thing, which I don't think will happen. But so, yeah, I don't think that will happen either. Um, but my brain then goes to: Is it just random child A that Dalinar is not? willing to kill or are we going to know this child and then my brain goes okay who's pregnant nobody's pregnant does shalon know does is shalon pregnant and she doesn't know it is yasna is navani pregnant and doesn't know it like that that's that's where my brain is right now is navani pregnant and hasn't told anyone i think the only relationship or... we've had alluded to that is yasna potentially there's there may be others, but that's what I'm thinking of as far as like a weird kind of not really talked about that much, but hinted at mm -hmm. relationship. I think that's possible. What if what if this is like a self fulfilling prophecy? So these are death rattles, right? Which huh. Teravangian is collecting. So this information is in Teravangian's hands. I pulled up the chapter just to look at it because sometimes the like date that it gives to it is interesting. If you read this one, chapter 57, it adds a little note after the dated such and such, blah, 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 23 seconds pre-death. It says this, sample is of particular note. Ooh. What if, what if exactly what you're describing is what this is referencing? It is a child or some kind of innocent person is chosen as the Odium's champion by Herevangian Odium because he heard this death rattle. And it created the idea in his mind to do this because he heard this death rattle. He notes it in his notes, samples of particular note. Yeah, I, like, I really like that a lot. I'd be curious Which to see then if that gets into fruition. It does potentially create some weird like time loop questions. Yeah. It's like if this is an event that Teravangian does do because he heard this death rattle predicting an event in the future, like but if he didn't, then what? Like that gets real confusing. Do you... But it might fit. Do you guys think there's any chance that this is Oridin, Kaladin's little brother? Yes. And the suckling child is rather metaphorical. It's an innocent child, but it's the child's still like three, right? Yes. Yeah, that's very possible. Plausible. Okay. But then, I don't know if it... I mean, it does say and a knife at his throat, and know that all who live wish me to let the blade slip. Do you think everyone would want... Or, I don't know. That's probably reading into it too literally. It's just probably like, everyone there watching would want him to, to win, to save humanity, right? Right. So I'm probably over-reading into that. So, What if... We're probably spending way too much time on this. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, only, the only other scenario I can come up with based on that line of thinking, Paul, is what if somehow, some way that I can't even think of now, a child or an innocent person becomes the vessel of odium? And Teravangian at some point no, becomes no longer odium through death or some other way. And like Oriden or equivalent you know, random child A literally becomes odium now at that point, does it fit in with what this is saying? Seems a bit far-fetched, but could maybe tie in what you're asking about? This was my initial thought. I don't know how that would happen at all. Yeah. But, uh, unless it's something where, like, like, we talked about a child being not, like, 
appointed as the champion. Some, let's just say, some crazy rule slip happens, or someone kills Odium like during that time, and the vessel becomes the child that was appointed. Who knows? Uh, but either way, it is like it. It is like ridiculous to think, and yeah, who yeah. knows? That that, that know. one's that one's kind of crazy. What's Elokar's son's name? Trivia time. Come on, let's go. I totally forgot. I, I completely oh, forgot yeah. as well. Gavinor? There you go. Nice job. Gavinor. Nice. Is this Gavinor? That was an initial prediction for us. Yeah. Gavinor. Could really be. Um, he has like the. He has a relationship with Dalinar. Yeah. Yeah. It is a personal connection for sure. That that would Ooh. be the most personal one, and that was one of our first predictions of who the champion might be because, like, because because of that, because of the difficulty for Dalinar in that, right? And that might remove some of the difficulty with Oradin in that line of "and all who wish, all who live, wish me to let the blade slip." There's not nearly as many people that would be stuck on murdering Gavinor as there would be or I I, under I understand what you're saying it's pretty depressing but I understand what you're saying it's super cynical yes lots of people is... would have a problem yeah yeah this is this is like the most depressing epigraph you could ever read so yeah. like yeah you know I don't know where to go with that all right um Anything else before we move on? Let's move on. Okay. Um, uh, not that I don't have more to say on it, but I, I, I do think we should move on. Um, chapter 58, titled The Journey. Ray Shafir, the Midnight Mother, giving birth to abominations with her essence so dark, so terrible, so consuming. She is here. She watches me die. This one's pretty solved, right? And also not super important, it seems. I mean, Raish appears here. That's kind of all I'm taking out of this. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, this feels more applicable to, like, as you're entering the story, being introduced to the unmade kind of thing. It doesn't feel relevant to us right now. Right. Yeah. It, I. It's this probably is somewhere around Dalinar's vision of the midnight essence. Um, it's probably somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Elliot, do you want to go for 59? Chapter 59. Above the final void I hang, friends behind, friends before. The feast I must drink clings to their faces, and the words I must speak spark in my mind. The old oaths will be spoken in. Great epigraph, by the way. Think it's solved, though. I I think it's just the the resurgence of the knight's radiant, right? Old it's, oaths will be spoken anew. It's specifically Kaladin leaping over the bridge at the end of the Way of Kings, and he there's there's stormlight in the beards yeah. of the the Parshendi, and he sucks it out of their their beads. Oh yeah. Um, specifically though, I like that it says friends behind, friends before. Nice foreshadowing to Kaladin's journey with um, the singers and the listeners and what he goes yeah. through in the beginning of Oathbringer. I, I'm fairly certain this one's pretty solved. It, it is. It's actually kind of impressive how literal it is. Yeah. The feast I must drink clings to their faces, being the 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 gemstones yeah. in their beards, mm -hmm. the fr friends behind, friends before, and the words I must speak spark in my mind. That is like remarkably spot on. Yeah. Chapter 60 then. From uh, chapter 60 we have The death is my life. The strength becomes my weakness. The journey has ended. I have no idea. I feel like the thing to hold on to here to, to analyze, which I don't have an idea of, but it says the strength becomes my weakness. Is this someone debonding a spren? Like a an, an oath? Yeah. 
this is the like obviously this is the inverse of the first oath but it could you take that literally and saying they are becoming an uh, unbecoming a night radiant i don't i think this is someone dying i don't think this is someone doing that because they're saying the death is my life like like it's almost like saying my death now is like the the purpose of my life like like almost laying your life down for some for a cause for something it feels like that to me um i i don't get the strength becomes my weakness i i can't think of anyone that that may be i have another thought you know? but if you have something Elliot, go okay okay Sorry. hold on spin this in moash's idea the death is my life the strength becomes my weakness. The journey has ended. Could you feasibly say that the strength becomes my weakness, meaning odium taking my pain gave me strength before, but I now acknowledge is a weakness. The, the death of that is the only way to proceed with my life. The journey... I I don't know if I don't know. This is a half a thought. What <laughs> I could I, like I I see what you mean and I actually agree that I think that is a really really great like prediction. I don't think this is like a a change of heart moment. I think this is a like he has died and realized his weakness was his quote strength. Something like that. Like like in that vein not in a I genuinely just believe that this is about someone actually dying, not like literally dying, not like a figurative or like a Nile Bond thing. Uh huh. Do you, do you think I, this I is Moash's say. version of the first ideal as he dies? I, I think that's extremely possible, personally. I I don't know if I quite follow that. This seems more like an inversion of the oath and yeah. not a ridging from Moash's view to the oath. This this seems to say the opposite of what the oath says. Yeah. And so and I, I think that's kind of fitting. In in a Moash and, sense, maybe, but not in my mind as a way for him to bridge back to Night Radiant, which I felt like was where you were going with that. No, it's it's not a bridging back. It's like a. It's like a, almost he's he's the death is my life is how this starts, and I feel like, like let's say, no change of heart, he dies. He he he's almost he's kind of glad about it almost like like a little bit glad because okay. he's he he feels like a freedom from his pain if that makes sense or at least the anxiousness of giving away his pain, whatever, all the messed up stuff from um, the death okay. is my life. The strength becomes my weakness. Maybe why he dies, the weakness created by him giving, like getting that strength from Odium. Um, the journey has ended. Just, just, just dramatic last words kind of thing. Um, I don't think it's like a twisting or like a bridge to become a night radiant. I think it's just the, he, he's anti night radiant. And this is like, the antithesis of the the first ideal. Since is that what you were thinking, Trevor? Is that an opposite? I want a completely different direction in my head. Thanks, so. Um, I, I have another I, option, but go ahead. I'll just... I think my two cents on this one is I think this is saying the opposite of what our first ideal is saying. Right. And so this, for me, feels like a closing the chapter on night's radiantness, whether that's for one individual, which is what I think you were talking about initially, Trevor, which would be debonding. Right. Or whether this is like Dalinar takes on the mantle of leader of the entire night's radiant. And then at the end of our story decides that the night's radiant is now over and that we will no longer have any night's radiant. And this is the oath to end all oaths. Yeah. Basically a symmetrical closing of the story he if you will he takes up honor and then closes the mm -hmm. shop 
right? Like closes the Nile yeah. bond. Yeah. Right. I could I could I could kind of see that. Like I, I could almost see this. Brandon's not usually this dramatic, but like this could be the last line of book five. Hmm. This could be the final words that Dalinar speaks that ends the the whole book. Yeah, I like that a lot. I like that a lot more than what I'm about to say. Um, Zeth. Could you throw Zeth on this? And for whatever reason, he debonds his um, Skybreaker spren and dies in Stormlight 5. I, I could see. I mean, I could see that. Um, there's a lot there. I, I genuinely think it would be way more fitting as a last words moment for Moash at the moment. But I could definitely see that happening with any of our like really angsty characters. Um, it, it would make it, it sounds sort of fitting at least. Right. Whoever's saying this is quite dramatic. We'll we'll just put it that yeah, way. Yeah. <laughs> Which could be Dalinar, could be Zeth, could be Moash. All, all of them are fairly dramatic. Alright, uh, Elliot, you want to go for 61? Sure. In the storm I awaken, falling, spinning, grieving. Answered? In the rhythm of war, right? In the rhythm of war. Uh, right? When yeah. Paladin's like plummeting after downward. After meeting with Tien... He snaps awake to save his father. That's what this is. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Solved. 62, Paul. The darkness becomes a palace. Let it rule. Let it rule. I don't really have an idea. Me neither. What did I write as my notes? Nothing. Oh, I I wrote the the heart of the the rebel rebel question mark. The... I think it's just the word palace, but it is making me think of Polinar and the scenes that we've saw there, both with either the Heart of the Rebel or the one that takes over Yelignar. Yeah. Yeah. With like, perhaps, yeah, let it rule, let it rule. I'm not sure. Kind of vague. It, yeah, it, it, it sounds like a a general uh evil henchman cheering for the the big bad evil good mm-hmm. person you know it could easily be something that Asudan said surrendering the palace to the heart of the revel it could be something that amram said when swallowing a, the sphere for yelignar like it it could be could be quite a bit agree um 63 unless you guys have anything else for that one titled fear i wish to sleep i know now why you do what you do and i hate you for it i will not speak of the truths i see this one's pretty easy and self-explanatory right it's it's not a death rattle this person is coherent right and not going to say their death rattle oh i was just assuming these were all death rattles but i mean it makes sense this this person has now realized why all these people are dying in the hospital and saying i'm not going to tell you what my death rattle is because screw you all right yeah i guess the only other spin on that would be that it's a intentional misdirect from Brandon and that that's what you're supposed to think it is. Okay. And then it does have a, an actual meaning. And the only reason I might cling to that is the idea of truths in there. I'm expecting that to be something we dive into more in book five called the night nights of wind and truth. Mm -hmm. And that being a big element of Zeth's, story is what is truth what is the source of truth i don't know it's probably just literal and like you said not a death battle uh whose turn is it i think it's elliot's because i read 62 64 
They come from the pit, two dead men, heart in their hands, and I know that I have seen true glory. Huh? <laughs> dead men. Two dead men. Two dead heart men, a heart in their hands, to know they have seen true glory. Oh! Wait a minute. Men, men is... Is that a problem? Is that... But is it yeah. Shalon and Kaladin coming out of the chasms? Of the... That's what I was thinking. And I think that's gotta be it. Right? Because oh. they come out with the gem heart. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Heart in their hands, and they have seen true glory. Yeah, maybe. I think I think it's Feas- that. Feasible, I, yeah. I can't think of anything else for this one personally. Maybe like Kaladin and Zeth book five something who knows yeah I, yeah it's probably Kaladin and Shalon cool okay chapter 65 the tower I see them they are the rocks they are the vengeful spirits eyes of red that's but, just the, the fused right thunderclass specifically I think okay they are the rocks. I guess that makes more sense for a thunderclast. Yeah, I think. Yep. Do we do we see a single thunderclast in Rhythm of War? Are they even mentioned? Oh, Yasna kills one in the, in a in a fight scene, just like randomly. I think she kills one. Oh, that's right. Wait, she's you're a Thiru? No, in in no, her it's... in her battle sequence in like part four she's off was... she's leading the uh, she's leading the battlefield oh yeah, i don't remember that but it might happen or maybe it's just a fused I, th- I don't know i thought it was i don't think it was a thunderclast i feel like that would have been a bigger deal i i and i'm picturing that scene as like the end of Oathbringer with the kind of avengers assemble scene mm-hmm. yeah. leading there's, into that there's certainly two thunderclasts kind of there road. But I don't think I don't know if there's a thunderclass in rhythm before. I don't think there is. Not that I remember. Makes me curious. Anyway, uh, chapter sixty-six codes that chanting, that singing, those rasping voices. This is probably just the summoning of the Everstorm, right? Seems like it. Can't think of anything else it would be. Yeah, the the what were they called? The just the singers or the void mm. singers or whatever. Yeah, it's probably that. All right, whoever's next can go. With me, I got it. I think so. Let me no longer hurt. Let me no longer weep. Diagonarthus, the black fisher, holds my sorrow and consumes it. Have we ever had an answer with the Black Fisher? Was that an unmade? I just, I just copper minded it. You want me to read off the copper mind real quick? Ooh, uh, before you do, my guess is—is is it the? No, I think I'm wrong. I was thinking it was the spren we saw in the water in an interlude, like the the evil spren, the like unmade spren. That was a thunderclass, because oh, yeah. it pops out as a, as a rock monster thing. Ah. Um, I just copper-minded Diagon Arthas real quick, and the same um, epigraph is titled here. Diagon Arthas is believed to be one of the unmade, unconfirmed, an ancient and terrible spread of odium. They also seem to be known as the Black Fisher. Hesse points in Mythica that Diagon Arthas may have been involved in the scouring of Aemea, although she's unsure of the specifics. She also expresses uncertainty that they are one of the unmade at all. However, it seems likely that Diagonarthus is truly the final unmade, as Yezrian, in the guise of Ehu, refers to the Black Fissure together with two other unmade, Ray Shafir and Moalak, during one of his conversations with Dalinar. Additionally, the name Diagonarthus is used in a death rattle collected by the silent gatherers in a manner similar to death rattles about the unmade, Ray Shafir and Yelignar. That is the entire page on Diagonarthus. <laughs> that is it. <laughs> wow. Well, that seems pretty accurate, though. Like, I don't have much to 
combat that, I think. The, the, the AHU point this. is what honestly solidified it in my mind. Yeah. yeah, I'm fully on that boat that this seems to be another of our anime we haven't seen. I'm actually curious about the, the holds my sorrow and consumes it. That sounds very, very Moash to me. Ooh. Almost as if like almost as if what Odium is, is doing with Moash could be through this Diagon Arthas. Oh, thing. he just sticks Diagon Arthas on him? And that's yeah. how he just follows Moash around? That's so yeah. cool. And that that's what this I mean, unmade does, is it can take your emotions or your sorrow and just kind of consume it and feed off of it so that you don't feel it. And that's why he feels his pain when the tower turns on, because Diagon Arthas is shoved out of the tower before he is. It does bring up some yeah, interesting questions sense. in that scenario is, yeah, what exactly is the tower blocking? Is it Odium? Is it this Diagon Arthas? Is it Diagon Arthas had to flee in that moment and couldn't do what it was doing for Moash? Not quite sure how that would work, but... That's really cool. I like that. I do, too. Interesting. Elliot solving puzzles once again. Nice, nice. All right, who's next? Uh, I am Chapter 68, and I. They named it the Final Desolation, but they lied. Our gods lied. Oh, how they lied. The Everstorm comes. I hear its whispers, see its storm wall, know its heart. The, the Everstorm? Yeah. But... Uh, I think there's a couple grammatical things in here that are interesting. Specifically, gods, plural. I would... Yeah, lowercase. Lo yeah, lowercase gods, plural, either means one of two things. It's either a Vorin talking about a herald, because the herald's named it the final desolation, or it's a singer talking about a... or a singer talking about a sprens or fused, because they refer to sprens yeah. as gods um if th if this is from the perspective of a singer it becomes a little bit more interesting i'm leaning towards it is a singer i feel like the 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 ending i hear its whispers see its stormwall know its heart the know its heart is what has made me question the most but i feel like that could be pretty attuned to, to how they hear the rhythms right of Roshara and all the things like I feel like they'd probably just like hear the rhythm or feel the rhythm of the Everstorm perhaps and kind of know you know that I mean I don't know how to say this less like this but they just kind of know the vibes of things by uh by the rhythm of it you know and it it could be one of those listeners that escaped and was not in the um, summoning of the Everstorm, and knows that the Everstorm does not have their best intentions in mind. Because, you know, Eshenai successfully wins over like 80%, or whatever the it is of the singers, um, or of the listeners. They summon the Everstorm, but some of them escape, and come back at the end of Rhythm of War, right? Um, so it could be one of them um, that feels the Everstorm coming and is views this as the final desolation of the Everstorm coming. Yeah, I agree. All right. Chapter 69. This is our last one titled justice. All is withdrawn for, for me. I stand against the one who saved my life. I protect the one who killed my promises. I raise my hand the storm responds. We might be here for a while. <laughs> so I think the the last part of this narrows in our focus, at least it seems to. Who who raises their hand and the storm responds? Two well, people. Dalinar. Dalinar. And my first sometimes Kaladin. Kaladin sometimes. Kaladin splits so those, the wind for in Oathbringer. He he's also storm blessed. He just kind of 
wields the storm. Right. Dalinar a little more literally right. wields the storm father. So those two seem the obvious candidates right here as far as who is I. The rest of this gets a little more complex unless we're completely misreading that last sentence. The middle, the middle two sentences are so crazy, though. I stand That's against the one I... who saved my life. I protect the one who killed my promises. That's what I've been. That's what I've really been those are, with. Are those, those are crazy. Sentences. Yeah. Also, the title of this uh, chapter is Justice, and I just can't help but think that this is all that that is also tied in here. But I mean, obviously, I'm thinking of our like big implication characters. I'm thinking of Dalinar. I'm thinking of Kaladin. I'm thinking of Moash. Cal Kaladin has saved Dalinar's life. Dalinar has saved Kaladin's life. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking more on that. I protect the one who killed my promises. What does that mean? I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Could you say? Could you say that Moash killed Kaladin's promise to protect Elokar? Kaladin killed his promise to Moash to help him kill Elokar. I guess. Yeah. Wait. But the inverse is also true that Moash went back on his promise to be a bodyguard for Elokar. Yeah. You, you, you could you could argue that yeah. as well. This feels like the more straightforward version. Personally. Is it so oh, is it we... Kaladin protecting Moash against yeah. Dalinar? Has Moash saved Kaladin's life? Well, in the most straightforward scenario I'm thinking here, it's Kaladin standing against Dalinar, protecting Moash from Dalinar. And I just okay. can't see that, that specific scenario happening. How, if anyone is spare if anyone is sparing Moash's life, it's Dalinar. Yes, not Kaladin, right? So could I mean, it be Kaladin would be the second one to do so after a whole lot of character development? <laughs> but um just just because of the uh, just because of the relationship between the two characters. Sure. Right? Like like there's just a lot of deep emotional investment in that. But what what I can't get past is the one who killed my promises. Like like, are we sure that that's Moash and Kaladin? Because that that's no. that popped into my head. But like that's there's got to be many other like potential things that could be there that in my head would make more sense as like a scenario rather than Kaladin protecting Moash from Dalinar. Does not seem that likely to me. Promises to me means sprint. It. I mean, oath is a. A different word for promise right, right right what is there is there a scenario where this could be dalinar as odium's champion is that possible and who's talking yes promises and it's dalinar yes, is dalinar, dalinar as dalinar as odium's champion talking about standing against paladin perhaps is is Odium the one who killed his promises somehow? Okay, Kaladin is Honor's champion. Odium is Dal yep. Dalinar's Odium's yep. champion. Could it be Kaladin Correct. talking? I stand against the one who saved my life. I protect the one who killed my promises. I, I don't think this is Kaladin talking. I, I'm not convinced of that right now. The, the, I, I th the reason why I... I said that, which I, I disproved myself halfway through. But the reason why I said that was because at the end of Rhythm of War, Kaladin swears his fourth ideal to Dalinar. That's true. Right? I think so. Is, is so, so that's why I think that this is Dalinar talking, though. Because also, doesn't Zeth swear his third ideal to Dalinar? He like, swears as... it about Dalinar. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, essentially. Yeah. And I, I could fully see the the scenario being, Dalinar is Odium's champion. And this this whole all is withdrawn for me. Like like it, 
everything at that point, if that were to happen, everything is kind of surrounding Dalinar. Like Dalinar is the the linchpin. Yeah, like the pinnacle point. He also fits the I raise my hand, the storm responds. But I don't, I, I don't, I can't quite put the other pieces together, like, with a great deal of certainty. There's several, like, candidates, right? I stand against the one who saved my life. Did Teravangian ever save Dalinar's life? As a question. Did, who saved Dalinar's life? You could maybe argue tangentially by joining the coalition first. Like, that's that's a stretch, though. I mean, there's lots of people that Dalinar would probably be like, you saved my life. Like, I feel like he would say that about Yasna, like, reading to him whenever he's having his, like, meltdowns or whatever. I think he would say that about, I don't know, the night could, the, would, would you consider the cultivation or the night watcher whenever he took the memories of Evie away? Could you credit that to saving his life or something, like, drastic? Maybe. get really crazy there. I, I could also just see uh, genuinely that piece, the one I stand against the one who saved my life. I could easily see that being a dramatic thing that happens, like in these other scenes. Has, has yet to happen. Yes, like I could easily see that piece not being known to us yet. Okay. I do feel like we should know that I protect the one who killed my promises. <laughs> But I don't know, and I feel like that's the one I don't I know the least about. <laughs> yeah. Could this to to go a, a different thought train on this? Could this anyhow be a herald? Are there any heralds who command the storm? I assume Ishar and Yezrian what can. What if we're thinking about the wrong storm? Oh. Is there, does this go a different direction? Eh, I don't know if that fits. Raise my hand, the storm responds. What if, what if we're talking about the Everstorm? Who controls the Everstorm? I couldn't tell you anybody besides Todium. I was going to say, it could make some sense. It could make some sense as a Todium perspective. Of all of us withdrawn for me, I stand against the one who saved my life. Moai still into this? I'm just always so hung up on that. I protect the one who killed my promises. That one, because we don't know either subject, it is yeah. so frustrating. That one's frustrating. Because there's three people here. There's the speaker, the person behind the speaker, and the person in front of the speaker. Right. Uh, then there, if it's three people, it's definitely Shalon. She's all three <laughs> characters. And uh, <laughs> well speaking played. to Veil, defending Radiant. Got it. Yes. Defending Pattern, probably. She'd be like, Pattern, you killed my promises, and then get all mad about it. And then, yeah, something like that. And she, I raised my hand at the storm response. She could be commanding Kaladin. <laughs> She'd be like, Raise your hand in Kaladin, you know. The storm, right? He responds, he like waves back, right? That's a response, the storm response. And Anyways. she calls him Professor Stormface or whatever in the chasm, so there you go. Uh-huh, yeah. It's probably it... Kaladin, Dalinar speaking as Odium's champion to Kaladin. That's, that is the most feasible one that fits to me. I can see that. I I can I can see that because Cal so Dalinar would become we're we're kind of assuming that Dalinar would become Odium's champion because of something he refuses to do. Whereas hypothetically, if you put Kaladin in the ring with anyone, I feel like he would have that kind of ruthlessness to not care, like like to to not worry about that, worry about the people he's protecting more so, right? So I could see him stepping in front of Dalinar like afterward as as Dalinar is no longer Dalinar, he is Odium's, Odium's champion. Kaladin like then standing to face Dalinar. Yep. Um 
I, not I like as that a friend, a lot, actually. As, as like a sense of duty, you know. Um, yep. That's the only way that I could see that engagement. Is there any way we've seen this already? No. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I was, Maybe. I was trying to think through that, too. I was trying to think through if there's any scenes I can remember that would fit this in any way. I don't think Actually, so. Actually, the only time that I can think of that you could, I think, fit something into this is the scene of Kaladin protecting Elokar from Moash. Because okay. there's that scene at, in the bridge crew where, like, Moash kind of saves Kaladin's life, right? Uh -huh. Isn't there... I think there's a moment where he like tackles him or holds him back or something like that, or maybe it's vice versa. But anyways, I could see that being like I see against the one who saved my life. I protect the like somehow Elicar killed Kaladin's promises. I can't think of a specific example, but Elicar just being Elicar or something could kind of fit into there maybe. And then I raise my hand. The storm responds. He's and that's the moment where he pulls his hand out and summons Sills as shard blade. So. Could could be, but I don't think that's it. I don't think we've seen it. That's the only thing that pops into my head at all as a potential, like, have we seen this? Could this also fit the same characters just in Kolinar as opposed to at the end of Words of Radiance? No. Not really. So the storm? It, it's, it's that last bit. The storm responds seems to try and force us into some kind of a Kaladin or Dalinar scene. And yet, he can't seem to make all the rest of the pieces fit if those are givens. This one's going to keep me up at night, I'll be honest. I was going to say, this is the one that I'm most eager to like find resolution for. If you're watching and you have any really good ideas, please let us know. Absolutely. On any of this them. One. But... Yes, that is true on any of them. I think I might be with your earlier comment, Paul. I'm not sure we have all the information on this one. I am not sure I can make all the pieces fit with the info that we have. I'm wondering if there's either a life that's going to be saved or a promise that's going to be killed in the future that we haven't seen yet that's going to be a prerequisite for this. Uh, yeah, I I would even lean towards more the second one. I protect the one who killed my promises. I could see us not knowing that yet. That's really fair. All right, gentlemen. I have one more bonus for you that is not on the outline. Stay tuned. I have an input from Ranksk from last week. I'm going to return to um, the chapter 54 epigraph, and it reads this. The burdens of nine become mine. Why must I carry the madness of them all? O oh, Almighty, release me. And if you remember from last week, we read this and pretty quickly dismissed it as Tong, right? Ranks messaged us in our Patreon server, and I'll just go ahead and read it. Um... He says, I don't think this has happened yet. The obvious answer is Talm, but I don't really think death rattles are usually about the past. Also, Talm was grateful that he was the only one there. The gift that was given to men. Additionally, he was being tortured, which doesn't really relate to why must I carry the madness of them all. If he had said, why must I carry the torture of them all, or why must I carry the pain of them all, I would be more apt. However, madness is a specific malady that all the heralds have right now and is a major plot point of book five remember that one herald is dead forever there are only nine now i think that someone dalinar question mark will cure the herald's madness at least temporarily by taking on all nine heralds madness into themselves dalinar is known for saying almighty and is getting very good at manipulating connection capital c Thank you, Ranks. What do you guys think? I like revisiting this because I think we might have missed a part of this. I, I certainly did, which is the Almighty. Oh, Almighty, release me. Would Palin really use that as a term? Maybe not. Maybe not. And so kind of taking a broader look at this, 
might actually be a really good idea here. I'm not sure. Hmm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think ranks ranks line of thought there makes makes sense. That seems like a plausible path. Definitely, that would definitely be a pivotal part of book five, if Dalinar were to somehow take on the madness of the heralds, like story planet altering event. I would think, and then becomes Odium's champion. Oh goodness! <laughs> oh goodness gracious! Interesting. Um, then, but then think about like you know people like Nail, that are very crazy, in 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 still a lucid functioning manner, but very off, and making decisions and actions based on that very offness. If he was cured of that, if all of a sudden we got a Nail who is in pursuit of a more is going to be the wrong term, but honorable or right source of laws or actions and things like that. Think of the think of the power, the influence he could have on this battle that we're having here. It could be Dalinar becomes the madness of all, serves Odium, but now we have nine heralds that are back to doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Yeah, like Ishar, I'm thinking of as well as one that like... Yeah. It is mad, like madness, but like could be such a powerful asset, right? And all of them. So what? I really, really like that theory. And the the only thing, honestly, the the Almighty doesn't really seal it for me. But what makes me think it's more feasible is actually pointing out that Ton. I don't know that he would really say like, "Why must I carry the madness of the moment?" Like, like he was like kind of glad to provide time if that makes sense obviously it was horrible but like he he expressed how like grateful he was for the time that he was able to provide afterwards you know right so that that does make some sense to me something else that i just realized it is on is it attached to the chapter giblatish chapter 54 and that is the only chapter that Hoyd pulls Dalinar aside and asks him if he knows about Adonalsium. Seems like a really random scene, but if you pull it out of context, it's really interesting. But like Hoyd is just like pulls Dalinar aside and says, basically he says, "Are you a world hopper?" And Dalinar's like, "What?" And Hoyd's like, "Never mind. Carry on your way." <laughs> so that I don't know. That that's an interesting addition to this a crazy theory if that were to come true like that would I, that would change everything i also like that way more than the just it is just tone because that's been my number one thing is i want to see our heralds like in their like splendor right kind of thing you know like i really want to see that all right with that we can conclude our detour back to the wave kings for these death rattles any last words uh paul or elliot not here i love this kind of theory spinning and trying to dive into the what could possibly happen and and the fact that brandon can plant such nuggets so early in his work yeah one impressive two a lot of fun I, I agree. The fact that we can spend so much time and spend so many crazy theories about like the little off-handed sentence before the chapter that isn't really yep. part of the story, you know, like looking back at that is is pretty nuts. Uh, but honestly, I think this is one of the funnest types of cha- uh, episodes that we do. It's just really fun to just basically spend the whole time spinning theories or thinking about what we've seen. So I love it. All right. Moving forward, we will be doing more Stormlight Current episodes sprinkled in with as we catch up on the Cosmere leading up to Stormlight 5. If you have an idea for either a question or a character or some sort of Stormlight-related content that you would like to have us cover, please comment uh, below or email us or get in contact with me at some uh, somehow. I'm fairly active on the Discord as well. 
um, if you have something that you'd like to cover, let me know. Um, I'm very open to lots of different formats for these Stormlight Current episodes. So if you have an idea there, let us uh, let us know and expect some more of these in the future. Thanks for joining me, Paul and Elliot. See ya. As always. <laughs>